Craft Beer Radio, episode 40, May 18th, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry and other stuff that we want to do. This is Jeff. This is Greg. And uh, tonight we are doing a um, a show on, we're calling it the Oceanic Beer Show. Yeah. Because we have a bunch of beers from Australia and some from Greg Barback from Japan. And since most of you can't get these beers, we didn't want to waste like two whole shows doing each one. So that we're just... Uh, drinking a lot of beers tonight. Drinking a lot of beers tonight, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one or two of these you may be able to find inside of uh, America, inside the U.S. And some of you who are in Australia or in Japan, you'll be able to see some of these beers. I mean, most of our listeners maybe it'll be in the, the U.S. You know, so. It could be the first beer that we drink that they can get. So yeah. Then they'll drink them back. These guys don't know anything and they'll stop listening. <laughs> Let's hope that doesn't happen. We have business. is nothing real new business-wise. Uh, same thing as always. Yeah, you can send us an email. Beer at craft. We've got new listeners all the time, right? So yeah. we got to do some of this. Yeah. You can send us an email for feedback at beer at craftbeerradio.com. We have a frapper map where you can leave a pin and put a pin on so everyone can see where you live. We do check Podcast Alley comments, so if you want to vote for us there, that's cool. Yeah, but we love getting feedback. So We love getting feedback, too. So that's let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you beer think at craftbeerradio.com. That's the best way to contact us. And if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, let us know. We're going to be doing a Saison episode. We're probably doing a uh, another Pilsner episode for the summer. We'll be doing more European Pilsners this time. We'll definitely do a Pilsner Quell and some other ones. That, okay. But we kind of don't really have too many shows lined up after this one. Oh, oh yeah. we're going to be doing a Founders Beer Tasting, right, which will be yeah. really cool. Thank you, Jeffrey T. from The Good Beer Show. That's going to that's be awesome. I can't wait for that one. Also, we are planning a beer roundtable. So. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention that. We only didn't get too much response last week because you guys weren't listening. <laughs> What we're doing is we're just going to do a show where we get a bunch of listeners and beer geeks if, you know, on Skype, and we're just going to have a chat. We had so much fun in the multi-brew tasting, just talking about beer stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to give that a try, and we're going to do those you know, probably once a quarter. If you're interested and you want to participate in the roundtable, just send me an email, and I'll, I'll get you on the list, and, and we'll work out a time that works for as many people as possible. The only requirement is we would like you to be able to use the Skype program so you can talk to us over the internet through your computer so we don't have to worry about calling out phones. Because we don't know exactly how many we'll be able to. Skype out is free right now, but we don't know how many. But remember how much louder John was? Because you don't have volume control. We had a lot of issues with with certain things like that. Let's go to email. Let's. Dave wrote us from the UK. I wanted to offer a tip for listeners thinking of traveling to Oktoberfest in Munich. Hotel prices triple for the week. And the, they and you're, you for everything. you're in a queue for everything. Go to any part of Germany, any part of the year, and in an urban area, you find more different beers than you can possibly drink anyhow. Don't be put off by the Oktoberfest. It's an experience you go for, not just the beer. Dave donated some money as well, so we Thanks, want to thank Dave, you very much. And also Brett from Indianapolis as yes. well, so we so want to thank both Dave and Brett. Thank you both. And Gary. I'm talking over Jeff, too. <laughs> and Gary sent us some, a care package of beer, so thank you for that, Gary. And also Jeffrey G. from the Good Beer Show. So it was a big week for getting stuff. Our listeners are awesome. Thank you, thank you. David writes in. He says, well, he kind of misses the Feeble Wiener song. 
He never really liked it, neither did we. But he downloaded the Saint Dragon song, which is our new theme song, the Pokemon guys, and he says he likes them a lot. So there you go. Yeah, I just want to put that on there. Give Saint Dragon a little some props since we're using their song. Yeah. So Rory all the po- cops, I think, is coming home early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rory posted a comment on our website regarding the Berliner Vice. He says he wouldn't be very enthusiastic about it if he were us. He's partial to a good Hooza or a Flemish Old Brownie, but when it comes to sour beers, his own experience with the Berliner Weiss was that it was foul. That's too bad. He says he was in Berlin last year and looking forward to trying the real thing. He ordered a Kindle without the syrup that's usually included, raspberry or woodruff. That sounds rather interesting. And it tasted like cow's urine. How do you know what cow's urine tastes like, Rory? <laughs> They're always bottled, so it's unlucky that it was doing old keg or dirty taps. If you stumble across one, he'd love to hear our opinions. Uh, and he says, definitely try one before you commit to a whole show. Yeah, I don't want to do a cow piss show. I'm That's, kind of intrigued yeah. more so now, though. <laughs> but sometimes these these styles take a little bit of getting used to. Like, for instance, uh, remember that Lambic you had at uh, at the Penn Brewfest? Oh, and, the Rodenbach grind yeah, crew. And, yeah, and you taste it, and you're like, oh, it's just like... Uh, vinegar. Vinegar, and then taste a little bit more, like, I'm starting to enjoy it. Yeah. So, you know, you may taste it and say, oh, it's like cow piss, but then you find out you really enjoy cow piss, and that's, <laughs> that's how beer goes <laughs> Loving the cow piss. Daniel writes in, in your light beer show, I wish you would have covered Skinny Dip Ale from New Belgium Brewing Company. It's their summer seasonal that runs about 115 calories, 4.2% alcohol by volume, and little carbs. It's a great beer and light and perfect for the summer. Check it out if it's available in PA. Well, unfortunately, we can't get New Belgium here yeah. in Pennsylvania. It doesn't make it any farther east than St. Louis and Chicago. But uh, yeah, if you need a light beer, that sounds... I mean, New Belgium makes some good stuff, I believe. From what we've heard. Yeah. Not, don't have any experience with them. Gary writes in. He's the guy that sent us the beer. It's time to talk you guys into going to the 25th, Ameri- <laughs> 25th Great American Beer Festival. I'm getting ready for my 8th beer festival... And we'll try to talk my brother who lives in Huntington, Pennsylvania, to come. I'm going to the Thursday evening session. It's the least attended session, therefore the most beer. And Saturday afternoon session, the medals. I'd love to go. We both would love sure to go. if I but can it, swing it with the new job this year. Jeff has a new job. I just went on a big trip to Japan. I may have to go. My friend is um, very likely getting married, actually. <laughs> the one who lives in Japan. Okay. So I may have to go in like nine or ten months or something to go up... Uh, is he going to still be in Japan, or is he going to be He's here? He's probably going to still be in Japan when he gets married. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to have to go again. I uh, really have my sights set for the 26th annual Great American Beer Festival. <laughs> gonna have to, I'll be there, or I'll be a very unhappy person. I think that that's a good way to set your sights. Yeah, I don't think we're going to miss the 25, but 26, looking at you. Well, that's all we have for email. Let's just jump on the news here. Zwanendale brewed to commemorate Delaware's 375th birthday. If you visit Dogfish Head in Delaware this summer, you'll be able to try their newest beer, Zwanendale. That's Z-W-A-A-N-E-N-D apostrophe A-L-E. It's brewed to commemorate the Dutch settlement in Lewes, Delaware, 375 years ago. Uh, It's available exclusively in Delaware. Uh, And it's a Dutch-style rye buck beer brewed with honey. Interesting. It certainly sounds interesting. It's going to be packaged in 750 milliliter bottles. Wink, wink. <laughs> We'd love to try it. You'll be able to find it at great restaurants and bars throughout the state during the festivities. So they say. 
listener Tom sent us a story about some real estate agent was looking at this townhouse and found 70,000 empty beer cans in the apartment. How how does 70,000 beer cans get there? Guy drank 70,000 cans of beer. Over eight years, he drank 24, on the average, 24 beers a day. And decided not to throw them out. And they were just about all Coors Light. <laughs> you should have seen the pictures of this place. I mean, there's just yeah. stacks and stacks of cans I did everywhere. see the picture. I didn't actually read the uh, article, but okay. I'm lazy. The cats, or the, the cats, <laughs> if there were 70,000 cats, that'd be crazy. <laughs> the cans were recycled for $800. $800, that's how many cans there were. 24 beers a day for eight years is what they're estimating. Wow. <laughs> Apparently the guy doesn't drink anymore. <laughs> is he dead? No, no. I think, he, <laughs> I think he had a drinking problem and he quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say his problem goes a little bit beyond drinking. If he just has 70 <laughs> dozen cans. throw out the cans, yeah. yeah. Return of the long shot. Sam Adams is having a contest where you can send in your homebrew recipes and they're going to judge them. And the winner will actually get their beer nationally distributed by Samuel Adams. Mm. So go to our website or their website, and you'll find the link to uh, information on how to enter your recipe. And maybe we'll drink your beer on Craft Beer Radio. Is there a Goose Anheuser-Busch deal near? Because the Chicago um, something newspaper, a newspaper in Chicago, reported that... uh, AB may acquire a large stake in Goose Island Beer Company. The deal would give Anheuser-Busch uh, oh, up to 35% of the Chicago brewery, and they would take over distribution of Goose Island beer. So that is an interesting deal. We've talked about it before where there was rumors about Anheuser-Busch going after Goose Island. Let's, okay, what beer am I? What beer are you? Well, what? last week, you were Hop Rod Rye from Bear Republic Brewing Company. Bear Republic is the flag... The California flag, and that's California. yeah, right. Winners were Daniel, Chad. Well, winners, people with correct answers were <laughs> Daniel, Chad, Aaron, and Sean. You won nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, sir. This week's what beer am I? I'm a spiced amber ale and weigh in at thirteen percent alcohol by volume. Yeah, it was a thirteen percent, huh? I was made for the tenth anniversary of my brewery. My brewery was founded by husband and wife in 1995. The most unusual beer made by my brewery is an imperial pumpkin ale. But I also have two brothers that are barley wines. They both have mental problems. So if you want to take a guess on this week's What Beer Am I? You can send a guess to beer at craftbeerradio.com. All right, well, it's time to move on to the beers. Okay, we're going to start with one that you might be able to find in America. Especially on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. This one is a beer from Hitachino Nest, and it's the red rice. This one, all these Japanese beers I've had previously, we did a little tasting of them. I really enjoyed this one. This one reminded me a lot of sake. It's very red. It's It's a ruby color. It's different, and that's kind of what I want to try at first, because it's a little bit lighter. It has sort of a different taste. It's definitely brewed with rice. If you were just looking at this beer and uh, not smelling it or tasting it, you would definitely think it's a fruit lambic or something, right. fruit beer. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's red. Red color. Uh, Look how much cloudier your mind is than yours. <laughs> you got a little bit of yeast in yours. Huh? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, it's got you know uh, uh, the same kind of head that the lambic has. White, a little bit of rose color in there. Mm-hmm. The smell is, is pretty different. 
when you're getting an interesting malt aroma, which is I think from the rice malt. Hmm. What is that? It's a it's a hard to describe aroma for sure. It smells a little bit like sake. So it's a it's a rice smell. Yeah, I mean sake. We should mention sake is um, sake is a beer. It's brewed just like a beer. It's the whole brewing process is exactly like a beer. It's just they don't add carbonation. It's totally different malt. Obviously, they use and don't they use some kind of mold in it or something like that or fungus or I don't know. But sake is technically a rice beer, not a rice wine. Okay, because. Uh, I'd never researched it, but someone told me when you make your own sake, you could make a poison that could kill you. I suppose that's possible. <laughs> so it has a very light mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Very crisp. Very crisp, uh, clean, but with an, an interesting kind of residual malt flavor. And it does taste kind of ricey. I mean, it's not like a primary like rice flavor you get, but the flavor of my mouth makes me feel like I just had some rice and mm-hmm. ate it a, you know, a couple minutes ago. It, it's a flavor that reminds me. I'm I'm a big fan of of cold sake, uh, and it reminds me of cold sake. No, it's a rice beer with flavor. It's not like Budweiser or Coors or one of those other rice beers. I'm surprised you can you get that much color out of red rice. I, mean, I know there's you know red rice and white rice. I'm just surprised it gives you that much color. I don't think they add anything to it to make it. I doubt it. I'm guessing it's from the rice. This is from the Kiyuchi Brewery in. Ibaraki, Japan. Okay, so yeah, the brewery is that, but the brand is Hitachino Nesk. They make several beers. It's um, when I was looking at Japanese beers a while ago, for some reason, it seems like that's like the most popular, most available craft beer. Mm-hmm. I I really do enjoy this one. I think it's it's light, but it's got a really interesting and intriguing flavor to it, which is kind of. It's hard, a little bit hard to describe because, like you said, sort of like rice, it's not like a regular malt you get with beer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little bit lighter malt-wise, but it does have flavor and it has a real body to it. Yeah. the um, You're not getting any of like adjunct flavor like you do with like rice out of Budweiser. Mm-hmm. You get nothing like that. It's, it's a very clean flavor to it. It's... Um, it's nice. It, you know, you a lot of a lot of our listeners are probably thinking, you know, any beer made with rice has to taste bad because look at the breweries that use rice and look how their beers turn out. This one has really no no signs of, you know, what you would think of a beer made with a lot of rice in it. Looks like this <laughs> beer was bottled in March. Did you say? Can you read Japanese? <laughs> uh, no, I can't. Uh yeah, I think that would be March 6th, would be my guess. March of 06. Oh, yeah. Again, it's one of those beers that's so out of you know a normal range, it's hard to compare it to anything. Yeah, it's one of those things that you, the descriptions get a little bit lost because you we generally do do his comparisons for this one. And also, we just, we just don't taste this kind of flavor in beer very often. 7% alcohol. Can you really taste the alcohol? I can a little bit. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to pick up like it, any hops in here at all, and there's like no flavor really. It's not really that bitter either. 
No, it's not. The, the rice mustn't give as much sweetness as barley does. I think that a lot of the breweries uh, that use rice as an adjunct use it because it adds that crisp flavor. Right. And this does have that really crisp kind of break in the flavor once you're finished, once you swallowed it. Yeah, I'm starting to pick up the alcohol more and more in this beer. <laughs> We're going to be drunk by the end of the show because a lot of these are high alcohol. Yeah. I'm starting to actually get a little bit of the alcohol evaporation mm-hmm. coming out of the back of my throat after I swallow. It's a different kind of alcohol than what you normally get out of beer, too, because of the rice. It does seem a little more alcoholic, like sake. It's not as strong as sake, obviously, but it, it seems like there's a little bit more of an edge to the alcohol right. than what we're normally used to. And Even, you get a little bit, you know, I see what you're saying, but you also get, similar to sake, similar to like a high-quality sake, you get a little bit of a floral kind of essence oh, yeah. at the end that you, I think the alcohol brings that out a little bit more. Yeah, there's just certainly different compounds of alcohol and it's um it's like like I said, it's not there's more of an edge to it than like where it's gonna be a little bit of miscontinuity here. We had to pause because my wife decided to take a bath and you could hear the pipes running. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about something That's a about danger the, being in the basement. I'm sorry for <laughs> Damn, my studio isn't perfect. <laughs> so we were talking about the uh, difference in the kind of alcohol um, presence that right. we were noticing in that beer compared to most beers. And uh, it was certainly interesting. I think that maybe that was, actually that was contributing to a flavor a lot of the way through. We just didn't realize it yeah. at first. So that was good. What's next? We're going to do an Australian beer next. This is the James Squire Porter. This is from our friend Jeff who came up from Australia and met with us and Gave us some awesome Australian beers. Thank you very much, Jeff. Oh, we have yet to see if they're awesome. Well, gave us some. I'm sure he had awesome intentions at yes. giving us Australian beers. No, he knows what he knows his beer, and I'm sure he picked out some good stuff for us. And we haven't heard from him for a while, so I hope he didn't get swept up in a typhoon or something. <laughs> That'd be horrible. I'm not. I mean, I'm not really joking about it because that would be horrible. There's nothing really I can say to that, so <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one be. We have, like we said, this is the James Squire Porter. It's really dark. A little bit of brown notes there. Uh, it's got it's, nice. it's about average porter. I mean, you're getting a fair amount of highlights through it at the bottom of the glass. I don't know. It looks a little bit darker to me. Okay. But what do I know? I'm not a BJCP judge. <laughs> I'm barely <laughs> a BJCP judge. It's got a, a kind of um, sweet. Yeah, I noticed sweetness first. Well. Now I'm picking more of the the roasty malt. It's um. Oh yeah, there it goes. A little bit of coffee. Not 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 100 coffee, but you're getting coffee a, a and or coffee. coffee. Yeah. You know, sort of that um, Heath bar aroma. <laughs> Put three Heath bars into the mash. This one has a really dry flavor compared to the the porter we did in the pre-show, which had a really sweet mm-hmm. body to it. This one's like like. It gets fuller towards the end, but it's it's dry most of the way through. But it does have a little bit of that toffee sweetness that um, hits you top of your tongue, top of your mouth, roof of your mouth. And then I got hit with a really nice roastiness way, way late in the aftertaste. This is very good. Yep. This is really good. I, I'm a big fan of a porter that has some sweetness to it. This is not bitter like, say, Edmund Fitzgerald that has you know more of a hoppy presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, being that it's American, so they have to throw hops into it. This doesn't really have much bitterness to it. Don't really detect much in the way of hoppy flavor, but it, 
the the roastiness yep. and that that sweet maltiness is there. I was going to say the roastiness is really well executed in this beer. It's not too that. It's not like sometimes you get that powdery dry sensation, like like um, when you're milling the grain and you get that dust mm-hmm. like in your mouth, like in your nose and your mouth. It's like not like that, but you get a little touch of it, which is just enough to give it the flavor and uh, well executed. It tastes like that that caramel malt. The caramel, excuse me. It tastes like that caramel malt that uh, you had me taste one time. It tasted okay. like uh, sugar smacks. Okay. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Well, it's probably a fair amount of, some caramel in here, but there's definitely some some chocolate, mm. and there's probably some uh, has since it has such a dry and a little bit of that pow- uh, dusty flavor. It uh, must have some uh, black pat, maybe just a touch about black patent in it too. It's sweet and full. It's kind of milkshakey in in the way it feels in your mouth and some of the sweetness that comes through. Mm. I wish Jeff brought us some more of these. We have one more. Oh, we do? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> this is uh, the Malt Shovel Brewery. Maltshovel.com.au Okay. Sorry, Jeff. We're not going to get around to drinking the 4X. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff also brought us some, what he called, very, well, how did he phrase it? I think poor was the way he phrased it. Poor example, you know, bad beers. Oh, okay. Well, he brought us of Australian brewed Fosters, so right. we could compare and contrast against a, a Fosters that's made in Canada, which is the ones we buy here. Right. Um, we had so many beers tonight, we weren't going to waste our time on those beers. And then there's the Forex Bitter, which is like, I guess, a really big selling beer in Australia, but it, it's really bad. I heard um, the guys from the Australian Craft Brewers, um, Ozcraft Brewers, podcast talking mm-hmm. about forex bitter and like having a good laugh about it so we'll have to try it sometime maybe not on the air there was also but, i think victoria bitter was another one. Oh yeah i wonder where that's at and so, they're not esbs or anything they're just regular loggers yeah, right they're just macro loggers but they call them bitters <laughs> where you might actually think oh this could be a decent beer <laughs> this was the james squire porter from malt shovel brewery in australia mm, that's good beer it is good too bad they're so far and few between down on that big continent. Yeah. Or as we say up in the north, few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is where to be crossed the line of getting into silly humor, I guess. Uh, okay, I guess our next beer. Let's go with the... Yeah, let's go with another Japanese beer. Miyama Blonde. This is from... I think we screwed up. Why would we do a porter before a blonde? I don't know. <laughs> I want to do Japanese, Australian, Japanese. We have two Australian and three Japanese here, so I wanted to mix it up a bit. But oh well, drink some water. Cleansing palate. So this is um, Miyama Blonde from Tamamura Honten Company in Nagano, Japan. None of these are green bottles, we should say. <laughs> This was, when I drank it last time, it kind of had, to me, a little bit of a honey flavor. To it. Okay. And you can kind of smell that in this. It is pouring a relatively clear yellow with a nice two or three finger head, depending on how you pour it. The aroma you get is very sweet with a touch of honey. Yeah, you're definitely getting some Pilsner malt aroma. 
So you're getting that that dryer smell with the just a hint of the DMS in there. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm getting honey yet, but I'm definitely smelling, smelling Pilsner malt. Oh, it's definitely in the flavor, though. That's for sure. Yeah. It's kind of got some... Yeah, that's definitely fermented fermented honey. It's very similar to yeah. a mead-type flavor. It also has a little bit of sort of a citrusy flavor there, too, like a lemon or orange. It could be. It does have... It's very reminiscent of a mead. And, you know, mead, the mead, uh, a couple of meads that I've had have been flavored with... Uh, one was with an orange and... Uh, you get a very similar flavor. This one is more yeah. beer tasting than the mead, but you definitely. Get I mean, this is that. definitely a beer, not a mead. You can just tell by the, the. You can get some of that pilsner malt, like Jeff said. Uh, you get a kind of bitterness, kind of halfway in the back of your tongue, that goes back with it, and this honey flavor, this sweet flavor that really hits you back of the mouth. I'm not sure if I can drink a bunch of this though. First sip was interesting. Second mm-hmm. sip started tasting a little bit medicinal. The sweetness. The alcohol mm-hmm. starting to taste a little bit like cough syrup or something like that. <laughs> I wonder if the porter has had some effect on our taste buds. It very too. well could. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. I still enjoy it. It some of that bitterness is contributing to the medicinal taste. Okay. Yeah. You're getting some flaring of alcohol on the sides of, of your mouth. And this let me get another sip here to complete the description. Getting alcohol flared inside of your mouth and getting a Back of the mouth, roof of the back of your mouth, and down your esophagus, you get a little bit of that honey sweetness and citrus, orange or lemon or whatever it is. Did you mention this brewery's been around since 1805? I did not mention that, but you just did. Yes, I did. And the labels are all Japanese. And there's a whole bunch of um, guys from Space Invaders coming down the side of the label here. (laughs) That's the Matrix. Oh, is that the Matrix? Okay, I thought it was the Space Invader monsters coming down. And of course, everyone who's not looking at Japanese letters right now are like, what the hell are they talking about? Japanese writing can look pretty confusing if you don't know what it is, and neither of us know what it is. So, looks like a bunch of very interesting drawings. How many letters are there in the alphabet, do you know? No. There's like thousands, isn't there? I mean, it's not really an alphabet, oh, per yeah. se. It's, it's different. There are only... Five vowel sounds, but I think I talked about that last show. So mm-hmm. now here's a question: because when you see things in Japan, you see them written in what's what's the the American letter set called? I don't want to call it the American the kanji. Letters. Is that kan? I guess I think kanji is kanji is one of those. Is one of them? Okay. I mean, you know, you see like you know Nippon N I P P O N written oh, in, okay. in real letters. Do that's that's Arabic. Arabic? Okay. Yeah. Do most Japanese write in Arabic, Arabic or do they write in uh kanji or whatever this is called? Uh most Japanese would write in kanji. Okay. That's what you normally see people write stuff in. Uh you don't see much Arabic writing. Um just in advertisements and stuff? In advertisements they, they love putting English on stuff and they don't necessarily always know what it means. <laughs> okay. That's why there's a site called Engrish.com, E-N-G-R-I-S-H. You can take a look at some great examples of what that leads to. <laughs> uh, a, a really good story about this is um, my friend's uh, girlfriend, who will soon be his wife, if everything goes as planned. Uh, once, before he, before she met Shane, she 
had a shirt and she didn't know what it meant. And somebody went up to her one day and said, do you know what that says? She says, no. It said, rape me on it. <laughs> oh. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> they just like English without really knowing what it means. Wow. It's like the people who get the... Um Chinese and Japanese letters tattooed on themselves and, <laughs> yeah. and don't, it, can't verify what it means. Yeah, it, it, it's very similar to that, especially if you get it tattooed and you put it on your body and it's permanent and you have no idea you what it means. you got to trust the tattoo artist yeah. to know it, not to be jerking you around. It, some of them are not always like just phrases like rate me. Some of them are things just completely nonsensical words just strung together. Like, the house flies negative ions to power me. <laughs> And it makes no sense, but that's there on a shirt. And people are wearing it. I saw a guy walking down uh, the street with uh, a shirt that said "the feminine pro- like the feminine me" or something like that. It was a guy walking down the street. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I love about Japan. <laughs> you can buy that kind of stuff. That's pretty funny. So this beer didn't get more and more medicinal as I tasted it, which is good. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to go that kind of way. sweetened up a bit, didn't it? A little bit, um, but yeah, I was worried it was going to get really, really sweet and medicinal and mm-hmm. taste like you're drinking and you know, cloying. Yeah, and it didn't get that way. It just it, it actually started to subside. So that, that was good. I like how that turned out. This was the Miyanta, or I'm sorry, the Miyama Blonde from Tamura Hontan, Tamamura Hontan. We don't have any. We don't have really much info for this uh, for this show, so just gonna have to deal with that. Sorry, guys. Okay, the next beer we're drinking is yeah, Little Creatures Brewing Company. It's Little Creatures Pale Ale. This is in Australia. Yep. Now Jeff said this was um, a very very good beer. His favorite, I think. I think so. And it's pouring a nice golden pale ale color. This is an American pale ale style. It doesn't really um, smell like an English pale ale. You can detect a a faint bit of hoppiness there, not a major bit of maltiness. Yeah, I'd say there's a fair amount of hops, and it's definitely uh, American hopping, you know, Having trouble figuring out which ones it is, but it's certainly a, a might be a floral. Could it be Fuggles? No, no, it's definitely American. It's it's not Centennial. There's it's mostly it's a lot of floral with a little bit of citrus. So I'm not sure what that is. It's hard to say. It smells good though. It's got a, a pretty nice head on it, and it's got this nice golden color. A little bit uh, fogginess and Simcoe. I'm thinking it's Simcoe. Could be. This has a really full mouthfeel. The, the, the t- your tongue, the entirety of your tongue is tasting this floral hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got a, a nice maltiness to, to work with that. Yeah, it's, it's a good balance to it. Yeah. You get a lot of that really floral hop, a little bit of citrusy there. and uh, But it's not... Bitter. It's not overpowering. There's a nice small backbone to it. There's a slight bitterness in the back of your tongue, where all the bitterness normally hits you anyway. But it's a good bitter in that it doesn't. 
it only it only makes you want to drink more. Yes, this is a good beer. Good good pick, Jeff. I got a message from Rick Sellers from Pacific Brew News saying that he felt that my beer descriptions have improved. Now I feel like <laughs> they've gone back a step. So I'm sorry, Rick. <laughs> but I appreciate uh, the, the the feedback. But I, I'm not, I'm having a tough time this show actually describing the beers. I think maybe I'm psyched out. Maybe. No, this is very nice. It's um. I really like how that that top presence is everywhere on the tongue. To me, it's most similar to the Yards Philadelphia Pale Ale, but yeah. it's, it's better than the Yards Philadelphia Pale Ale because the Yards is a little overbalanced towards that apricot, towards that that Simcoe hop, that um, the floral. This one's a lot more balanced, so I think it. I don't know if I'd call it better because I really do enjoy that apricot flavor from the Yards. I really like that. Okay. So I mean, I kind of maybe I like it overdone a bit in that sense, but this is excellent. I mean, Jeff has a winner with this one, that's for sure. This is little creatures. Yeah, it would certainly throw you off. The label doesn't isn't you know sometimes you know labels really throw you off. Sometimes we had a listener who never tried an Anderson Valley beer because yeah. the labels just didn't look right to him. Right. This label is an oval label. It says little creatures has a little cupid with a ball, with a beer mug on it. And it just doesn't really scream great craft beer, you know? <laughs> I think James Squire screams great craft beer. It know? does, James yeah. Squire is, you know, it has a really nice label. It has a old-timey picture. It's got Porter on a little wrapping around the side. Yeah, the old-timey picture is on an oval and Porter's yeah. on a scroll above it. Um, there's some cursive writing, which is fancy, right? Mm. But yeah, see, this one looks like a, a good crafted beer. Little Creatures looks like um, a rolling rock or something. (laughs) That's that's the first impression I get on par with with just looking at the label. Don't judge a beer by its label. Absolutely not. Unless it says the king of beers written on it. (laughs) Then definitely don't judge a beer by its label. I like this. This is good. Yeah. This is really good. I would even go to say this is one of the best American pale ales that I've had, and it's made in Australia. Mm. I'm having a hard time picking a better American pale ale. Like I said, I, I think that Yards is better. I like, I really like that over... That's, that's also Simcoe, right? Yeah, Simcoe and Zeus. I think Simcoe has, has a winner here with yeah. the, the pale ale. I think it's, uh, it's working well. I'm pretty sure that's the same hop, don't you think? Yes, I would say so because you're getting that same. You don't get, it's toned down this beer. Yeah, you're certainly not it. picking out like whole bites of apricot like you would yeah. in the yards, but you get a lot of the similar aroma and flavor. It is very, very drinkable. It's really going down smooth and easy. It's gone already. Our last beer of the night is Brian Beard. Angry. This is Angry Boy? Yep, Angry Boy Brown Ale. <laughs> this is. Uh, he is a Bengals fan. <laughs> Ryan Beard is brewing in Japan. He is a Bengals fan. The Steelers apparently beat the Bengals in some playoff game or something, 17-28. to 28. So that day, he put that on the label, Steelers and Bengals uh, hats. And uh, I don't think he has NFL uh, license to do that, but it's in Japan, so who cares? <laughs> and he put the score, 17-28, and Angry Boy in the center. Angry Boy, brown ale. Yeah, it's a very cool fan for... Any beer drinker who's mm-hmm. living in Pittsburgh. And I'm going to ask Greg if I can keep this bottle. You can. And that's pouring brown ale It's It's brown. 
Certainly. <laughs> so a little bit, it's kind of a root beer flavor, a little bit lighter. This one's pretty cloudy. Color. This one's not clear. This one's certainly cloudy. Um, highlights on it are, are a bit orangish. The head's a little off-white. Nice thick head on it. Or nice dense head, I should say. It's not really thick as in tall. I'm picking up Centennial hot from that. Yeah, I think it is Centennial. Sometimes I forget which one's which in aroma. Centennial versus Cascade. But I do think it is Centennial this time. It's very hoppy for a brown ale. Yeah. It's very hoppy. (laughs) Basically, you're getting getting a whole lot of hops in this one. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, I mean, when you first take a sip, all you get is, well, this is a lot hoppier than it's supposed to be. And then you're like, well, but it's still really drinkable. The mouth feels medium light, I'd say. And you don't get any roastiness until, like, aftertaste. Yeah. But yeah. it's there. And you get kind of almost a little fruit juiciness, I would say. Yeah. Uh, once it's down, it tastes a little bit like like a grapefruit juice or something you just had. That's why I think Centennial. Because grapefruit, is Centennial grapefruit or is, is that Cascade? Cascade is more citrusy than Centennial usually, so it might be Cascade. This one is very—it's very much like a grapefruit juice once you swallow it, and then kind of a malt hits you afterwards. So you have this immediate hoppiness. You swallow it, you get kind of an after after effect that's similar to drinking a ruby red grapefruit juice, and then you get some sort of maltiness too. If you had this blind, what would you say it was? That's what I was just thinking. I'm trying to like, what does it taste like, yeah. right? Not much of anything. I, I would I would probably Well looking at it, I mean I would call it a brown ale. Even mm-hmm. though hot I would just call it a very hobby brown ale. If I didn't have the if I wasn't looking at it, I might call it I, I might call it a, a very a very hoppy American pale. This wouldn't score very high in any particular category. It's just breaking rules everywhere. I'm thinking along the lines of uh, good hoppy amber, but yeah. a little bit darker than it needs to be. Very hoppy flavor, but not a whole lot of bitterness there. So no. it's drinkable. It's yeah. very drinkable. All right, ranking time. This is a tough one to rank, isn't it? None of these are the same at all. Yeah. So we're just doing it on like how we liked them yeah. the best. See, I, I like them all. I really did. Yeah. I, I think that one of them is probably kind of cleared fifth. I think mean, this that one. And we'll tell you which one we're talking about when this is done. The rest of them, I don't know, because they all had really... My favorite beer of the night is the Little Creatures American Pale Ale. With the Angry Boy Brown, a close second. Mm-hmm. Third place is the, the the porter from the the Malt Shovel Brewing Company, the James Squire Porter. And then the, the Red Rice from Hatichino Nest. And then that medicine one. The <laughs> well, we should say, I mean, it's not medicine It's just... Mayama Blonde. It had kind of an effect on us. Or it was like, it might have been medicine but it got sweet. And we also had the bath in the middle, so... We <laughs> <laughs> had an interesting time. Um, I'm going to go with you on number five on the last one. Just the blonde. As I liked it. I think it's a good beer. It just is, is last on the list tonight. Ooh, wow. This one... Maybe like that. You know, I may have to go like that. And just because I had a slightly different. Oh, wow. But these are very close. Top, top four for Gregor, all very close. But uh, 
he threw a monkey wrench into my yeah, rankings. I, I mean, it's just they're very close. And I, I have a hard time putting the one I put fourth fourth, but that's just the way it goes. My favorite was the James Squire Porter. I loved it. I okay. really enjoyed that. That really, that toffee flavor and the, like, really what a porter should be. Oh, we forgot about a pre show beer. I even forget what that tastes like. So, <laughs> okay, so it'll well. stay out of the rankings. Um, so, yeah, the James Squire Porter, I'd put number one. That was just the most enjoyable for me. The next one I would go with, it's funny, the two Australian ones came up top. The Little Creatures Pale Ale. Like Jeff said, excellent. Just an excellent pale ale. Really good. One of my favorite pale ales. But I don't think that, I don't think the best, but Jeff thinks it might be his best. I'm having a hard time thinking of a better American pale ale. One that I enjoy more. I'm not saying it's not out there. <laughs> I'm just saying that tasted good. I might have a Yards you know, next week and say, what was I thinking? But, <laughs> I mean, from my memories, that oh, I just like the balance in that better than the Yards. Fair enough. My Plus, it was easier to pour. These yards are notoriously overcarbonated. That's true. <laughs> Remember how slowly you have to pour those things? Number three for me was the red rice. I just, it's so different. It really is just different and unique. And you got to love a beer that tries to do something different and unique and, and pulls it, it off. No, it's different, unique, and it's a good beer. There's no way I could rank that ahead of the Angry Boy Brown Ale, but. Well, that's what I did here because, like I say, I mean, another day. Tomorrow, if I were to rank these beers, this one might rank for number one. This is just – I really enjoy this one, but it's its hard to call it a brown ale, right? It's, it, it, it does – it kind of uh, misses qualification. It's hard yeah, to qualify uh, in, any, in any sense. I, I, I wouldn't just, do well in any category that I can think of if you were judging. Yeah. I love the Jan Square Report. I had to put that number one. The panel was, like we said, one of the best we've ever had. And the red rice is so unique. I felt like Brian Beer just you know ended up number four. Okay, makes and, sense. You know, just fell in there, and then the blonde was number five. All right, well, that's all for Craft Beer Radio this week. Next week we're going to do the brewery spotlight of Founders Brewing Company. Yeah, yeah, baby. With some great beers such as Devil Dancer, which is a triple IB triple IPA, which is over two hundred IBUs. They calculate. And like 18% alcohol by volume. <laughs> oh, God. But also the breakfast stout. Mm. The Kentucky, Kentucky breakfast stout, which is I think is just an oak-aged version of the breakfast stout. <laughs> Imperial stout. Oh, it's just going to be a great show. We're going to be so wasted by the end of the show. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. and Email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. Especially if you want to join us for the new beer what is it? Beer Roundtable? Beer Geek Roundtable. Beer Geek Roundtable. Maybe they don't like being called Beer Geeks. Maybe I should work on the name. Beer Fan Roundtable. <laughs> oh, Aficionato. Oh, oh, do you have a slogan for us? We're trying to put together a oh. slogan, right? We forgot to talk all about that. Yeah, we might be doing a thing where we're doing a thing with something or another. But we might be putting <laughs> together some stickers. Think of like a bumper sticker with a really cool Beer Geek slogan. Something along the lines of life is too short to drink crappy beer, but something original, something right. cool. If, Send if you us win, your suggestions. You, you'll, you'll get a free bumper sticker at least. You, <laughs> or whatever. I'll, I'll give you something from yeah. my seller if we pick your slogan. All right. Thanks. Talk to you later. See you guys. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com. 
and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Music